My name is Matt Brown. And let's start the show. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants. And Tommy DeVito. <laughs> and Brian Dable. The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, December 14th, 2023. We have a very special productive conversation, a one productive conversation during the week. It was week 14 in the NFL. We're going to talk all about that. Look ahead to week 15 and give you an update on why um, we went a little bit off schedule these last couple of weeks. But before we get into that, and then we go right into the show from there, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at Pod Combo Pod, We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations, and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So episode 297, just three more shows to the big 300. And we are about, what, three weeks away from the new year. We're about a week and a half to Christmas. A lot going on. The holiday season has been quite the joyride. Am I right? Am I right? So let me explain what's going on. So last, so December has been a very weird month. These last few weeks have been weird, you know, dealing with, um, new schedules, people switching out, people coming in and all that. Right. So we were, so Thanksgiving happens, everything's up to normal and up to speed. Right. And then we do what we do our regular, the plan was, you know, just do our three shows the week, do our college show, um, do our last college show until probably the final week of the year. Then we will preview the college football championship. Then, then the actual college football playoff is December is a new year's day. And then we'll react to it and react to the, then predict the national championship. We do our normal NFL schedule shows for Wednesday nights being released, record them Tuesdays. And then we do our tweet caps and, you know, go from there. And things were going pretty normal. Things were were fine, and then um, honestly, things had took a turn for the worse for one of my co-hosts. So we were planning to do our normal Thursday schedule, Thursday schedule, uh, record the tweet cap on Thursday night for Friday release. I had plans, and basically, I was going to go do my plans on Thursday night, and then do record the show. I had a very good tweet cap planned. It's going to be really funny and um, a lot of good stories. I get a call from one of my co-hosts that um, something happened with one of his family members. His family member. I I'm, I don't want to be, there's no, nothing official to the public. So I don't want to use names. Um, so I don't feel I'm at liberty to. But to be fair to the audience, to keep you all in the loop of what's going on, I will be transparent with you while also keeping the privacy of the family being affected. No, it's not mine. Um, I would, if it was, I would uh, let you know. But it's not mine. It's one of my co-hosts. Basically, he calls and says, something's very bad's happening, right? So out of respect to this co-host, decided just to not do the show. And uh, we'll just take that 
we that that show off, see how things are going, and um, hopefully things are okay, right? Okay, damn, my plans were nice. Wanted to tell my co-host all about the plans because it was lovely, but you know, just giving them their space. And um, the weekend goes by, and and he said, you know, today's probably the day that nobody wants to ever wants to hear that that they're going to lose a loved one. So that was very sad for no doubt. The first thing is always the family, just a wonderful, amazing family. And they're experiencing the, the worst day of their life, probably losing a family member like that. You look at the camera while I say this to be fair. Sorry. Um, so yeah, that Sunday they expected to lose somebody in their family. And, you know, that upset me a lot too. And just thinking of this this wonderful family, and I'm just so heartbroken to hear what happened. So um and then on top of that, and, and I'm just so sad. So um Again, not making anything. I'm not saying what's going on yet till it's official to the public, but the reason why the schedule has been off a little bit was when my co-host lost a family member. Very close one, very important one. And I just um, feel horrible and heartbroken for it. And nothing but, you know, beyond our thoughts and prayers and condolences, this, this family deserves so much so much whatever they need in in this time of grief they deserve it and they will it will always be with them and family member you know was risen above um they'll always be proud because this family is incredible and i'm just so sorry that they're experiencing the worst possible thing ever um this week uh as i'm recording this on wednesday family member peacefully left this world and you know they're just figuring out the details from there and i, I was i was a mess honestly for for the past few days and i was just felt so bad and the one thing i wanted to do was record my show to help me through it and talk football which we'll get into after after i get through this part of the show but um i want i took a part-time job might as well be honest at this point. I've been doing this show for the past year off of, yeah, I got laid off of February. And um, I've been doing this show since while still trying to find a full-time job. So I've just been driving, doing deliveries and Ubering again. And I did take a seasonal job at a department store. And I asked specifically to don't schedule me during my recording times. And they did on Tuesday. I really shouldn't call out at this time. So trying to arrange it with bars and Hayden to do it tonight. And um, it just, they were just busy and I totally get it. So um, that's why I'm going to be solo today with the NFL. And then our other co-host is, he's dealing with stuff in his life and you know we'll just give him his privacy till he's ready so just so much changes at once in this holiday season and that's why we've just been off so um this will be our one show this week 
NFL, just me. Now, next week, we'll see what happens. There will definitely be an NFL show no matter what. And it's just figuring out when. At the moment, we are still planning with me and my co-hosts, co-hosts for NFL to record on on Tuesday night to go over week 15 and look ahead to week 16. Obviously, if there's some changes with what's going on and if there's some services to attend, we'll obviously adjust. So next week, there will be only one show next week as well. And that will also be NFL. There's no college um, football happening right now. The The bowl games are about to start this upcoming week, but I'm um, just not going to um, prep for those until we get to the final week of the calendar year and then um, preview the Sugar and Rose Bowl, which will be the college bowl playoff and the national championship. So the week before Christmas, just one show, then the week after Christmas will be another show. That'll be NFL 299. You know, review week 16, a look ahead of week 17. And then um, then in that last week of the year, we hope to do that. We hope to get the – get so that'll be Christmas. Um, and then that last week of the year, hopefully we can fit um, the – excuse me. Let me look at this. Just quickly look at the calendar just to confirm. So this week, the week from the 10th to the 16th, this is this show, 297. 298, the week before Christmas, 17th through 23rd, we will do um, – we will do one NFL show, 298, and then uh, 299, we'll do the next as we plan to record on the 26th. So basically Wednesdays, we're, we're planning to drop NFL week 15, NFL week 16 for 299, and then I plan to record the 300th episode with... Are a great friend, and you know who the great Danny Lynch, who is on every 100 episodes of this show. So we plan to have him for 300, and I hope to drop that on the 28th and 29th, assuming we can get our scheduled show. But regardless, we'll still get that in one way or the other. So the schedule, and then that'll finish December. And hopefully, also during the last week, I hope to fit in the college football playoff and then that'll take us into the new year new year's eve my birthday fun fact sunday the 31st will be sunday the 31st will be the end of that'll be the end of the year and then we'll start january 1st that monday college football playoff and then uh january 2nd we hope to do our week 17 NFL show into week 18, then go back to our regular schedule. We'll do the college football playoff on the th- to release on the 4th. So NFL the Wednesday, the um, Wednesday, January 3rd, college football, January 4th. And then I hope to return to the tweet cap on the 5th and, um, you know, I'm giving this time for the rest of the month out of respect to one of my co-hosts in tribute. Um, I'm going to definitely miss him for the next rest of the month, but I understand what he has to do. And he knows that he has an open door once he's ready to come back. And I know he will want to come back. 
So and whenever that is, we'll give him his space and it'll be okay. But we will get back to the tweet cap after January and hopefully he's there for that. But um, I understand if he still has to take some time. So and then we will we already have our contingency plan work with Dolo. Either he'll come in or Jose or um, some other people who've offered to come on to do tweet cap with me until hmm, our co-host returns. And um, that'll be all that. So, yeah, it's going to be a light but quality end of the month. Just one show this week, next week and the following week. Or I should say one show this week, one show next week. Then the following week, we will have NFL college football playoff preview and uh, the 300th episode. I don't know the, the timeline episode. Will probably be, I still want to do it. It likely will have to be after the new year. So, but I do think it's important to keep that tradition. So it's just trying to fit that in. But the timeline show will probably be for next year. And then we'll um, go from there. So that's why we've been uh, a little, things have been a little hectic. Again, the death of the family of one of our co-hosts, and we just want to respect and tribute them as best as we can while also continuing to do our diligence and continuing to entertain you. And yeah, this has been quite a month of December, but I know once the new year happens, we are ready to rock and roll. Year four of the podcast will start. Another year to grow this brand and more opportunities to make clips, more opportunities to expand our horizons and then just reach our goals to be a major podcast brand in this world and then grow a podcasting network from there. So, you know, life, you do have to pivot. Life is no doubt difficult, but there's no reason why even in truly the worst of times we can at least learn to be strong, learn to know that everything's going to be okay. And even when we lose somebody very special, they're no longer here. Their presence truly is, and it will forever be with you throughout the rest of your life. And then I don't know how to get too deep, but when, um, you know, when it's time for you to, when it's time for you to, uh, complete this great life you lived you'll be reunited with those who left before you i like to think that till then i'm trying to live my life to the fullest and expand my passions like this explore other passions like other things hope to find a companion in my life again enhance my relationship with my friends enhance my relationship with my family even more make new friends obviously grow this brand, allow it to be the ultimate escape for some people and just comment on this crazy world we live in and make my mark with it. And after the sad news this past from this past week and weekend, life's too short. You never know what's going to happen. So you enjoy every second you can make every opportunity, shoot every shot and everything's going to be okay. It really is. Just be a good person. Don't commit any crimes. Treat people the way I want to be treated. And just know things aren't that serious. So just enjoy what you got. It's going to be okay. And I know that's easier said than done. 
but at least I'll be your friend to help you through it. So with that, I think we can move on to other things. And, you know, for our co-hosts, you know who you are. We're thinking of you. Thinking of you and your family. We know you'll always make a special person proud. All right. So let's move on to some other things. And uh, let's get to it. And why don't we talk about the National Football League? Man, this was a special week for me after what happened. Um, this was a great escape, the NFL. And um, beyond everything, this league has uh, put all the emotions we've, we've gone through it. This league has definitely given us some of the best moments of our lives. This league has really upset us. This league has angered us. This league has been been tedious at times to watch but at the end of the day it is a special thing at least to me and a lot of millions of others that the nfl is a great escape during the most intense moments of your life it's just a silly little football game and we appreciate that and um that's why i love football because it uh, it escapes me from this insane world sometimes. And I'm glad I get to talk about it. I'm very blessed I get to talk about it. And I'm very blessed that there are some people who are willing to listen to me on this and some other things. Excuse me. So it was good to have the NFL be a good escape after this intense week, after this intense month, after this intense season, after this intense year. Um, I'm glad I have my sports to help me escape from this insane world and the uh, special teams in my life, especially the New York Yankees, Knicks, Rangers, and the New York Giants, which I'll start with and excuse my appearance right now. I'm a little emotional thinking about how this crazy week and how this was this and movies and TV, Conan O'Brien and Larry David were the things that helped me get through this, this tough week, but we shall move on and we shall overcome and everything's going to be all right. So let's get to it. Let me get my notes and let's talk about week 14 in the NFL. All right. So let's first get into my team that I was very um, happy to open up with today. We have the New York Giants defeating the Green Bay Packers by a score of 24 to 22 on Monday Night Football. The big thing, obviously, is Tommy Cullets, Tommy DeVito. After the Packers took a 22-21 to lead with just a minute and 33 seconds left in the fourth quarter, this guy who has taken this league by storm, this guy who has made big noise and represented the Giants well, and for someone like me who thought the season was over, and you know what, I'll be honest, the season probably still is any playoff hopes. I know there's a 10-11% chance a lot of things have to go our way to make it happen. It's likely not going to happen, but at least this guy has helped make this season not become a complete disaster like we thought it was. And Tommy DeVito got his third win. He got he led the Giants down to field goal range with 90 seconds to go. And then we had Reggie Bullock come in to score the game-winning field goal. And we have a beautiful special memory game in the Meadowlands where the Giants win 24-22. to with the Giants, again, Tommy DeVito has been so sweet to watch. It's been a real joy. And as I mentioned, for a season that looked like such a disaster and for a season that um, 
and for a season that was just so much and um a season that uh felt hopeless and get texts all the damn time from people talking about how much my team sucks well they could eat some crow they could stay quiet because brian dayball has shown that he is a good coach he kept the composure he kept this team motivated and a two and eight team is now five and eight with the slightest chance of hope to the playoffs and why not go for it while you can but um Regardless, I still think this was a, this will be this season with true ups and downs. Everything is going to be okay now. Definitely end strong. We still have four games to go, and you don't know what what, what could happen if you somehow end nine and eight. Um, you go to New Orleans this week, then the Eagles on Christmas Day, then the Rams the next week, and then you end with the Eagles at Metal at the MetLife Stadium. Anything could happen, I guess. But um, regardless, I appreciate Tommy DeVito being a solid thing to um, look forward to and a solid reason why the Giants season is going to be okay. And shouts to him. I do think the jury is still out on him to decide if he's going to be the future franchise quarterback or not. I've heard, you know, rumblings. He should be the number one quarterback. He should start week one over Daniel Jones. Reckon I know Daniel Jones might not be back in time with his ACL injury, but um, I do, you know, actually I should take that. I, I expect him to be the starting quarterback in week one, Daniel Jones. It doesn't mean Tommy DeVito shouldn't be your backup quarterback. I think he's on a three-year deal. It, why not show you the competence? I don't, you know, I'm, I would like to see him to show his legitimacy. For now, I just think it's an insanity run. He's beating bad defenses, but he's also not turnovering. He's not turnovering the ball. He's not creating turnovers. He's staying, has composure in the pocket. He avoided getting sacked on Monday night. And for when we first were introduced on a mainstream level to Tommy DeVito uh, on the jet at the jet game, when he wasn't even allowed to throw the ball, and I was here to complain about it, he's finally uh, thrown some touchdowns. He's shown that he can run with the ball, and he looks like he has legit football IQ. And you know, take all the extra fanfare, you know, all the Italian references and the gabagool and the nicknames and the soprano memes and um, hanging out with Kujin and all of that. But regardless, after I was worried on Monday when we saw and even his agent becoming having more notoriety and <laughs> dressing up as one of the guys from The Godfather and then seeing the family being shown all over, knowing every little thing about him and hanging out at bars of Hoboken that I've gone to and gone to on a regular basis in Jersey, you know, when I'm in Jersey city, um, being the King, he is, he's soaking it all in. And so far he's winning it. He's one on a three game winning streak. Would have been nice if he could beat the Cowboys and the Raiders, but, um, it is what it is. And solid stuff for Tommy DeVito to come in Tommy Cutlets. And I'm glad he's brought us a lot of joy. So I'm, I'm glad that though I don't think I think he still has ways to prove himself to be considered a franchise quarterback or even starting week one. I mean, beat the Eagles on Christmas Day. Then we're talking and there's something to really dive into. If he could beat a struggling New Orleans team, that's something to get into as well. I think I think there's actually a good chance for that to happen. But um 
But, I mean, solid stuff from the Giants who've really improved over the past few weeks. Defense is playing much better, creating pressure on quarterbacks. Saquon's been pretty solid uh, ever since his high ankle sprain. A solid 81 rushing yards on um, Monday night. Again, I, I hope we could get some better receivers in the offseason. And Dale and Waller are supposed to come back. But there's plenty to smile about for the Giants who made up for lost time. Maybe it's a little too late, but for now, let's just enjoy the Giants winning. As I said, I'm not going to give up. I'm still going to watch the team even if I thought the season was over, but it's going to be okay. And uh, shouts to the Giants. Now on to New Orleans. As for Green Bay, a stinger loss for their playoff hopes. They, you did. You weren't supposed to lose to the Giants at MetLife Stadium. Come on. Um, that was a bad loss for them. And, and And as I pull up the playoff picture right now, if there's any hope that they want to, you know, make any type of run, um, you didn't help. They didn't get, they didn't receive any help. Now the Vikings winning this week, but Detroit losing, there's still some hope that they can sneak in there, but um, you are not supposed to lose this game. If you're the green Bay Packers and they might have to pay for it a little later, but um We'll see where things move forward from here. And shouts to the Giants for pulling off this win. And for Green Bay, this was a disaster. Absolute disaster. But um, see how they can make up for lost time. See how they make up for lost time. All right, let's go now. Let's let's move on to our next game here. After the the other game, one game that will be infamous. Maybe a game where this particular franchise turns heel, if you know what I mean. And by the way, the Packers are actually still the seventh seed. So um, no change from last week. And we'll go from there. So Packers still in it, but um, could have got a little more cushion if they want it. All right, back to other things. So we have right here the... So right here, right now, the... um, Bills and the Chiefs played each other at Arrowhead 425. Very big game. Very A lot of things to talk to there. And um, we know what exactly what happened. We saw the, in the final drive what could have been one of the best plays. The Kelsey lateral that to define the season may have given momentum for the Chiefs, make it a deeper playoff run, trying to get back into the one seed. It gets called and um, it gets called back. Kadarius Tony, offensive offsides. Patrick Mahomes has a temper tantrum. He whines. He says, um, you know, bad effing call, bad effing call, and um, being absolutely rude to Josh Allen in the and screaming at the refs and clearly this has to be a result of all the stress getting to him for his lack of receivers and being efficient dropping balls um clearly not um being disciplined to have penalties called against them and this is a horrendous loss for the chiefs there's no ways about it losing back-to-back games for the first time in the patrick mahomes Andy Reid era and the bills though not in the playoffs at the moment trying to um get themselves in a better position as well. And um, though they are a few games back, they definitely needed this if there was any hope of them making the playoffs, and especially after the idiotic uh, Sean McDermott 9-11 comments from four years ago. This was a big win to be a distraction from that. But all I have to say in this one, with the Bills, who have been so iffy all year, you needed this win. 
got a chance. Now you move forward with some big division games coming up. And then for the Chiefs, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you you realize that you have some major moves you have to make this offseason. Um, especially now with the rise of the Ravens, maybe they can sneak in the two seed, but I think the Ravens... Um, as long as they can win two of these next four games that they're locked to get the first seed in the first round by. And we'll have to see Patrick Holmes in the Andy Reid era. They have a break with the Patriots this week, though the Patriots have a very good defense themselves in a disastrous season. They're going against the chiefs need to put up some points this, um, this week and uh bad loss. As for Mahomes, I just think he's clearly stressed out and, uh, it was broken. You know, we are a few days removed now. He has apologized since the incident, but we have some memes forever. And though for a team, for any franchises who had so many breaks like the Chiefs had, um, this was a game that uh, you couldn't lose. And now we'll see if this added emotion Patrick Mahomes gave his team gave himself maybe gave his team hopefully assuming they weren't turned off they have enough respect for him that he's cool almost deserves to to uh, react that way and get a pass for it we'll see if um these receivers can finally catch the ball and valdez scaling who's been tough to watch sky moore who's been non-existent kelsey can only do so much but he's had his up and down games and then uh rasheed rice who should be utilized more they're they're um who they picked in the draft this year. Hopefully they um, will find a snap out of this mess that has been um, an off year for the Chiefs, if you will, in the Mahomes era. So let's move on to the next game. Another special joy. Um, we had the Tennessee Titans win on Monday night as well against the Miami Dolphins on the road where the Dolphins were up by 13 points with less than four minutes to go, Will Levis showed that he is him and he can hang in this league and he's got a dog in him and leads them to an insane comeback. And um, for the Titans, though, they'll probably make some major changes in the coaching staff next year, but at least Will Levis showed that he can play in this league. He can be cool. He has a he could cool and calm in the pocket. Um, stay away from the pressure. He has a good arm. He could be accurate, and he shows that maybe he can be a legit. Um, he can be a legit quarterback. And for the girlfriend who left him, that gorgeous, stunning, goddess-looking woman who was with him on draft day, and he didn't get drafted in the first round. He had his obstacles um, trying to in training camp. The girl leaves him apparently. And now um, some fans are trolling her on her Instagram and commenting Will Levis' stats. And, I mean, look at what he did against a Miami team who have so many high expectations. And we'll quickly get into what they are exactly. But in this particular game himself, going um, 23 for 38 with 327 yards and a touchdown and uh, obviously coming back from 14, 13 points, it's um, a lot of respect for this guy. And maybe he has what it takes. And hopefully we'll see more games of Will Levis being him, as they say. As for the Dolphins, it shows that with Tyreek is not on that offense, that team is very very much in trouble. Jalen Waddle is really good, and um, but Tyreek is obviously playing like an MVP level. And 
for a game he was in and out with injuries, and I guess he's day-to-day coming into the game against the Jets. It shows that um, Tua was struggling when he couldn't find him and had to go with other options. They just weren't there. And Tyreek Hill in his off game goes... He only has four receptions for 61 yards, which is still pretty insane. Only five targets, but again, he was in and out of the game all um, Monday night. And at least the Dolphins showed their running game was still consistent with Mostert and Achan. Excuse me. But he being pretty solid, and they did put up points. It just wasn't good enough. And... um Tough break for Miami. So I will actually be at the Miami Dolphins game this Sunday visiting my brothers, my family, and we will be there Sunday against the Jets. And um, I'm sure they're going to be very hungry to get a big win after this horrendous loss on national television. And why don't we talk about the Jets really quick? And speaking of where the Jets and the Texans played each other and another special week for another New York quarterback. And after this week, you know, the Jets starting it to have a, were a clown show, as they have been often, as you know, from the controversy with the coach and Joe Beningo from WFAN's little wahoo that was all over the headlines last, last week, with Zach Wilson having a quote that he was reluctant to come return He's named the starter. He plays a Texans team who desperately need this game as well as they're in a division race. And somehow this was this game, which wound up being a 30 to 6 victory for the Jets. This is I'm sure the Jets thought they were having more games this like this this year, where the offense was going to score a bunch of points, and then their defense was going to be dominant in that horrendous mess, swampy rain turf known as MetLife Stadium on Sunday afternoon. And um, the the Jets went in and did their job for the, I mean, more injuries. Nico Collins gets out of the game. That's another, he, that's another loss, another option for C.J. Stroud that he clearly needs. And then he gets hit with the con- with uh, concussion protocol. And then the Jets just dominated again throughout. Um I know a lot of people say the Texans fell; they're overachieving, but you know we'll see what happens. Especially with Jacksonville losing, they can still keep up in the race. But it was a bad loss for the Texans, and now they're in the eighth spot, and they're going to play the Titans this week. So um, a tough break for them, but you know, good, good job for the Jets. We'll see where they go. They have a slight chance to make the playoffs as well. While the Giants are at an 11% chance, the Jets are at 10 if they win out and they have a lot of help. But um, I have a big Miami game. You show Zach Wilson showed like throughout all this BS that he went through, and he actually plays a good game. Um, he can at least hopefully end the season off high. I do expect him to get traded at the end of the year. He'll go somewhere else and see if he can um, revitalize and keep it and keep some momentum and see if he can reinvent himself in, on another team. But as I mentioned to bars last week that you play every game you can, so you could prove that you're worth something to these coaches and these franchises, and they'll give you another chance. And a game like this past Sunday shows that. And for the Texans, um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play well these next four games to have a shot. And whether it's for that division with the banged up Jacksonville team, or if you get one of the wild card spots, um, 
is going to be quite a challenge, especially if you if you're losing your two top receivers. I mean, take Dells out for the rest of the year, and then um, Nico Collins is questionable coming into this week. Got to figure out what you got to do, and then um, we'll see if Houston can do that moving forward. And let's go to the next game where we had the Dallas Cowboys play the Philadelphia Eagles and what we expected and hoped to be a tight division game between these two divisional the these two division rivals, the one uh, the two and three seed coming into the coming into the game on Sunday night. Big national stage. And guess what? The Eagles um laid an egg once again. The second week in a row, Dak Prescott makes more of a case why he should be the MVP, playing a stellar game, 24 for 39, 271 yards, two touchdowns. Playpool stepping up on that offense for the Dallas Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb is the best receiver in the NFL right now, and people stepping up like a Brandon Cooks, like a Michael Gallup, and a Tony Pollard um, making some yards. You have Jay Ferguson being a solid replacement for Goddard and Witten and being just another great um, Dallas another great Dallas tight end. And then this kicker from the MLS who's just stacking up points. Um Maybe the Cowboys are legit. And we've seen the Cowboys have some momentum like this before, but it I, I mean it's really gonna be decided in the playoffs. And if they can they can make it to the divisional round, but will they be able to make it to the NFC championship for the first time since ninety-five? For this team that looks much better than the years past, the things are clicking on defense where Dak's getting protected, and obviously we mentioned how the weapons are all um facilitating well. Then we will see if um, Dallas could keep moving forward with this momentum and defeating the Eagles at home, winning your fifth, winning your sixth home game, sixth straight game at home. Uh, Dallas is some is a force to be reckoned with, and maybe this is a different Dallas team, and especially on the defensive side, stepping up well. And Stephon Gilmore's playing like he's ten years younger and proving that he's a Hall of Famer. Um, he had no problem stopping A.J. Brown, who was looking like the best receiver in the league at one point. And then um, DeAndre Swift was missing for the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts, I don't know if there's rumors of him being legitimately hurt. And um, I ain't through it, but he's the Eagles have been struggling these past few weeks. And um, there's no excuses for it. You know, I love it. I don't like the Eagles. But now they're down to the fifth seed. They're playing a Seahawks team that has been a mess themselves. But great win for Dallas. I think there is something to this Dallas team. Everything's working for them. And shouts to McCarthy, who's, with all the rumors of him being a lame duck coach for the past two years, he's kept this team in it. And the team is definitely much better than before. And um, solid stuff there for Dallas. Props to them. Um, and then the Eagles. I don't know. You got an easy schedule. You go after the Seahawks, which might be a tough game. You go Giants, Arizona Giants. I don't. We'll see if the Eagles get take advantage, and hopefully, it's not the injuries holding them back. Okay. Ravens and Rams. One hell of the game in the one hell of a game in the rain for a Rams team who've been exceeding expectations this year. Kept it close throughout. But then the Ravens just rolling on offense again with Lamar Jackson um, showing how solid of a passer he is. Jose Flowers um, 
finally scoring. He's had a great, good, uh, pretty good rookie year, but hasn't been scoring touchdowns. But finally, all the weapons being facilitated gracefully and the Ravens being dominant. Though I do think the 31 points, giving up 31 points against a really good offense, should have been not, should not have been much of an issue with the Ravens, but it was. But regardless, they still got the win. And um, uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens, as the one seed, are the legitimate best team in the AFC right now. And winning on special teams to to seal the overtime victory was a huge thing to um, point out. Yes, which Mark Andrews was a hurt. Maybe he comes, he's able to sneak in the playoff run there. I've heard rumors about that. Don't count on it. But for now, the Ravens are a top AFC team for a reason. And that's because... They play good defense. Lamar Jackson, I think, is in his element for real this time. Rise with Zay Flowers. Odell Beckham playing much better than before um, as well. The X's and O's are working for the Baltimore Ravens. And for the Rams, who may have a fighting chance to sneak in, they're at the eighth seed right now. And that only helped with Eagles losing and uh, with Seattle losing. And Atlanta falling down to the Bucks. They still have something to play for. And they have a good team. I think they're good enough to at least get to the playoffs. Um, and if they were able to compete with the best team in the AFC like they did, who knows what they can lead to. And they're clearly well coached. Um, Aaron Donald still hasn't lost a step. Obviously, the Puka, the Puka and Cooper combo duo is definitely one of the most explosive receiving combos in the NFL. Matthew Stafford has, you know, been on and off the field throughout the season with injuries, but at least staying in there and playing playing solid football. Rams are really good. They just uh had they just ran out they just ran out of time. That game was very close to being a tie, but uh, I think the Rams are worth investing in. So watch out for how Baltimore handles things moving forward. Bengals and the coach, Jake Browning. Um, now, here's the difference between Jake Browning and Tommy Cullis. I do think, though, Tommy Cullis isn't actually losing games for the Giants. He isn't winning them either. But Jake Browning really is winning these uh, last couple of games for the Bengals. Um, showing how good his arm. Using not all, you know, Chase has been here and there, but he's been using all of his receivers correctly. And with Joe Mixon playing a much better run game, with Bengals routing the Colts by score of 34 to 14, I think that's um, something legit. And the Bengals really do have a chance to make the playoffs even without Joe Burrow this for the rest of the year. You got to give credit to um, the Bengals in that front. And again, they are a few get you know a few spots back from the playoffs. But if Jake Browning can prove you know he can be. A little more than a competent quarterback than he is right now and making plays like he is. And that's something to look forward to. And as for the Colts and for who's been killed with injuries all year, but still have a playoff spot in them and uh, who still actually qualify for the playoffs at this moment. They're not, they're not, they're not going to be an easy team to push out either. And I mean, this whole AFC conference to be real, I think, what, 12 of the 15 teams, 12 of the 16 or 10, they're, they're double digits of teams over 500 at the moment. So it was that the AFC is really wide open with some solid play. And 
Um, I think at least Gardner Minshew is keeping them in games, but obviously, well, not this game clearly, but um, the Colts are someone to look out for too. And we'll see uh, how they do moving forward from there. A solid one for the Bengals. Very, very solid win. The Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, I'm happy for Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco was clearly screwed from a Jets um, offense that clearly, um, I think he he was on his way to end his career in sad fashion. Ironically, got his win against the team that he has now last year against the Browns. But Joe Flacco, as they say, off the couch has stepped in and played some solid football for Cleveland and hopefully not having this very solid defense go to waste. The man throws three touch the three man throws three touchdowns. The Browns defense themselves have three picks. And this is dope stuff for Joe Flacco. 311 yards in the air, three touchdowns, uh 26 for 45. Awesome stuff for Jacksonville who you know Trevor Lawrence getting banged up with his ankle injury was approved to play, approved to play with a team with a Jacksonville team who did stay into it through most of the game. We have Everett Ingram turning to the tight end that the Giants were hoping that he was, but they just ran out of time and came up short. I do think this is more of a of a um result of more being injury based, but regardless, Jacksonville came up short and they keep the division race close with Houston regardless, but Cleveland, very good. Exciting to see um, the Joe, the Njoku and Flacco combo seems to be a very solid one. Obviously with the defense creating some of the most pressure in the entire league and um, pretty solid defense, um, a pretty solid secondary defense as well. Um, the Browns are legit. Browns are pretty legit. I think they are now pretty legit with Joe Flacco. Um, and I think there's a good chance you will see them in the playoffs. And maybe they can even win a game. Defense wins championships. We'll see how they could push moving forward here. But solid work for Cleveland and a tough loss for Jacksonville. 49ers and the Seahawks. You know, 49ers looked like they were going to run away with this at one point. Once um the very first play the in the very first drive of the game where um you have a, a 70 plus yard um rush from Christian McCaffrey and um you know, they did stall. There was clearly tension green where we have Greenlaw and DK fighting in the stands, but you know, uh fighting in the game, but the Seahawks did keep it close at one point. It was only they were up ten to seven going in. Um, they're sorry, they were up ten to seven going in the first, and they kept it close throughout. But the um, 49ers ran away with it. Brock Purdy making a case that maybe he's your MVP, if not him or Christian McCaffrey. And um, the Seahawks prove why they think they're the best team in the NFL and they should be your Super Bowl champions once things are all said and done in February. Uh. Everything's working on them on offense. Brock Purdy, he might not exactly be, you know, a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning out there. When you have 
Debo, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey, and Brandon Ayuk all playing to their levels and all staying healthy with a scary defense who could get picks, who could sack the quarterback, who could knock balls down. Um, you can you can go so far in so many ways, and um, things are working out for Seattle, for San Francisco and Seattle, though still have a fighting chance to sneak into the playoffs. This was a horrendous loss for them, but I do think they could be good enough to keep it a game, keep one hundred in the Eagle game next week. Um, San Francisco just was dominating throughout and. Um, ran away with it properly like they should have as the better team going into it. But good stuff for the San Francisco 49ers and um, just short of the spread there. But um, they kept themselves in it. And San Francisco is the best team in the National Football League. No doubt about it. Um, For the Patriots and the Steelers on your Thursday night game, where if there's any green light, that there's one thing to be happy about with the Patriots. It should be this one game here. Uh, and beating a Steelers team that has been free-falling fall, like crazy. The fact that they lose to the Cardinals and they lose to the Patriots teams that have less than five wins at this point is really bad. And um, for the insane talk about Tomlin getting fired, you don't fire him. And I know the Steelers historically aren't coaches who just – aren't an organization you just fire coaches like that. I think they've only had, what, three in the last 70 years? Um, Noel with Noel, Coach Cower, Tim Tomlin, all won Super Bowls. Um, I think just things are getting a little out of hand. And the things we were mentioning, how they usually out, get out game, they usually come up short in games, but still able to win. Now they have a taste of their own medicine that they just lost time clearly, but you know, not too much to get too wrapped up into Bailey Zappi throwing three touchdowns and um, damaging the Steelers playoffs hopes and making it much more difficult for them to sneak in. And also don't forget the Steelers are missing a quarterback right now. They have to, um, you know, Kenny Pickett, I don't think he's proven to be the guy yet. And I think Mitch Trubisky's a fine option there. And you know, game the game could have gone a different way if the defense was just was just somehow being lost. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense getting lost and played around with on a Thursday game, which usually is bad football, anyways. But the steal the shouts to New England getting this win, and for the Steelers, you are on the sixth seed at the moment. But um, if you lose this next week. There's a real problem coming on there. Then you're at 500, and um, possibly all hell breaks loose. Possibly though, but we'll we'll see how that pans out. Now let's move to the Vikings and Raiders. Definitely the worst game of the week. Josh Jobs at Pasture Night. It seems that great story has come to an end. He gets benched. Nick Mullins comes in, and we do get a rare shutout in the NFL. You know, shouts to the my. Minnesota Vikings defense getting this this um shutout out of <laughs> out of randomly. This was the lowest scoring game in 16 years. Three to nothing. Or if you bought tickets, you were aggravating. And they didn't score until the fourth quarter. But I think Aiden O'Connell should get benched. It seems like he is getting replaced by either Jimmy G or maybe the journeyman Brian Hoyer this week. And for if you had any hopes for Vegas making a run, it seems like that was the nail in the coffin there. And uh, but 
for two franchises who are not don't have their franchise quarterbacks right now and you got an ugly game what was what else was there to expect but minnesota stays in it and wins a win and they hopefully can still secure that sixth spot coming into next week as for the Saints and the Panthers, luckily the Saints who've been struggling all year where it seems like they want to kill each other out there. I'm seeing Derek Carr getting screamed at by his line and such. They still score 28 points against probably the worst team in the league. Not probably. They, the worst team in the league who will embarrassingly not get a first-round pick because they traded it to Chicago. And... um what a mess there. There is nothing to write home. Bryce Young has not played a good rookie year, and I understand you want to talk about Troy Aikman had a bad rookie season and Peyton Manning and yada, yada, yada. But uh, what? how can you feel confident about Bryce Young? Only throwing 137 point yards, no touchdowns, getting sacked all the time, inaccurate throws, and um, – there was just a mess. Ugly stuff. Ugly football play in Carolina, and New Orleans um, hopes to keep. I I think they'll come up short. They hope to keep themselves in the hunt, but um, ugly game, ugly game for Carolina, and uh, good stuff if you're a Saints fan because great that you're happy to see them win all the time, and when you can. And then we have the Broncos and the Chargers where Justin Herbert breaks his finger and he's out for the rest of the year. But we know that that um, team was going nowhere. But if you're Denver, you needed this win to keep yourself in it with Russell Wilson playing a stellar game. The running team running team for a Chargers team has been good at stopping the run. They uh, had some issues there, giving up a total of 76 yards. Sorry, looking at the wrong, giving up a total of 106 yards. And, um, and, and it was just a very good win on the road for Denver. And the shows that Sean Payton is definitely a good coach in this league. If this was going to be a bad loss, and I think that's the Chargers are just going to ride it out. We know they're going to get rid of Stanley. And, we know Bill Belichick is going to leave the Patriots, and we'll see if um, who I think the best uh, the best fit for him would be the Los Angeles Chargers, but um, we'll see if um, they're the ones who get him. We'll ultimately see. And then we have the final game to discuss: a big divisional game for. Remember, one of these teams has to win this division in the absolutely ugly NFC South. The Bucks make a claim to try to get that division. And, you know, hilariously, we can hilariously say they will be the ones hosting a game. But shouts to Baker Mayfield, though he himself had a bad game, he still kept the Bucks in it thanks to um, stellar defensive play and keeping it good enough for the, um, you know, Keep when you're able to get safeties. When you have the Falcons, who all all season long have played games where they keep it close, they either barely win it or they blow it. This was another case for the Bucks and the Falcons. And you could just thank the you could just thank a busy day for their court for their kicker Kate Ottoman, and you can also thank just Baker Mayfield playing more of a game manager, even if he didn't get a lot of yards there. I know the Falcons said they're not going to get rid of Arthur Smith, but damn, if you this they've played 
ugly football all season long. They don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Um, Bijan Robinson should be a lock for your rookie of the year, but he just hasn't had a rookie of the year season. Um, Kyle Pitts seems to be a big wasted bust of a fourth overall pick. And um, things have to be cleaned up there. Now, regardless, though, they are still in the race. There's still four weeks to go, but this was not ideal to lose at home like this for Tampa Bay. But it is what it is. And as I mentioned, somebody has to win the NFC South. And you have three teams tied at six and seven. And at this moment, it's the Bucks who are will win your who could win the division. And they get back in the playoffs defeating Atlanta like this. And um for the other two teams in the Saints and the Falcons, it's anybody's race. We'll see who can ultimately win it even if you're not above 500 in that ugly, ugly division. So let us now make our picks for the final week. Sorry, final week of the year. No, not yet. For week 15, let's make our picks. And since it's just me, I'm going to run the board really quick and just tell you what is good. All right, Thursday night football. We have the Los Angeles Chargers playing the Las Vegas Raiders where your Las Vegas Raiders are opening at minus three. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders as there is no Herbert, no motivation, and it's aggravation for the Chargers and for a Vegas team who seems to at least be have a coach that can motivate these players. And if they make the proper change at quarterback, which I expect, again, whether it's Jimmy G or... Um, or Brady Quinn will give Vegas the win and give me the points there. Then we have Saturday games. It's that time of the year with Saturday games. We have three of them this Saturday. One o'clock, we have the Minnesota Vikings playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati's opening at minus three. Both teams try very big game for both teams as they try to get into the playoffs, secure some spots in the playoffs. I do think this is kind of, this would definitely be a lock where Cincinnati can defeat Minnesota at home for a team that has a backup quarterback that you could have some confidence in with Jake Browning. Minnesota, you have a backup quarterback who you don't in Nick Mullins. So give me Cincinnati in the points on that one. Pittsburgh plays Indianapolis. Again, a very important playoff matchup here where we have the Indianapolis Colts playing hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, where Indy is slightly a favorite at minus one and a half. Again, two backup quarterbacks going up against each other. And who is has the edge on this one? Give me the team with the better defense, and I think Pittsburgh can end their losing streak and defeat the Indianapolis Colts. So give me the plus two and a half. Sorry. Yes, the plus two and a half. Sorry, plus one and a half for Pittsburgh. And then Saturday night, 8-15, the Denver Broncos are going to Detroit, with Detroit having some difficult games of the past few weeks. They're the minus four-point favorites playing a Denver team that is coming off a win. You know, give me Denver giving an upset as well. I think Denver with the plus four points, that could be pretty that could be pretty helpful if they just win by a field goal on that one. And for a team that has been struggling on defense with Detroit. Russell Wilson playing much to improve with some stellar weapons. And I think the, the obviously the weakness of um, 
the Steelers on offense is to just pressure Jared Goff. I think Denver can create that pressure and lead to more mistakes. Even at home, I think um, Denver might lose this one. So give me the plus four for the Denver Broncos. Saturday, one. So then we're back on Sunday, one o'clock. A game I will be at with my family. So check me out. New York Jets are going to Miami with Miami opening at minus eight and a half. Um, I do think I'm going with the points here with with the Jets. Actually, I scratched that back. I think after Miami's embarrassing loss to Tennessee, that they can bounce back against this division rival. Give I could think they can win by ten. And as long as Tyreek is fully healthy, that offense can run all over the Jets defense, even though the Jets defense is elite. I do think at home they could get a slight edge of momentum there. Now, that does make the argument you could go with the Jets plus eight and a half as well, and then I wouldn't blame you on that. But um, I do think Miami can somehow win, at least score 10 points and pressure Zach Wilson enough and that the, and that Jets offense to not score. So low scoring game you should probably go with the under on this one. And your under is minus your under is 37 and a half. So they expect a low scoring game. And I think that'd be the key to victory for Miami Houston at Tennessee, where Tennessee's opening at just minus two and a half. Tennessee is the favorite on this one with um, beat up players. I'm going with another underdog victory. Even with all the injuries, I do think Houston can be a play better for a team that has two t- let me rethink that. For a team that has two quarterbacks that have great potential and a great future ahead, and minus two and a half with Tennessee at home for a Houston team that has major holes on the offense with injuries, I take back what I originally said. I think Tennessee can get this victory. Um, Tennessee could cover the two and a half, win by a field goal, and we go from there, call it even. As they say, Tampa Bay playing Green Bay, where Tampa Bay is your three and a half point favorites. Green Bay is minus three and a half on at their home turf back at Lambeau. Give me Green Bay getting the victory, and they could cover that three and a half points after a horrendous loss to the MedLife Stadium. Hopefully, with the returning Christian Watson, I think Green Bay could score points on a weaker Tampa Bay defense. New Orleans. New York, New York, the New Orleans Saints are hosting the New York Giants, where the Giants are six point underdogs. Can Tommy DeVito go to New Orleans and get a victory over the New Orleans Saints? Oh man, I would love to see it. I would love to continue this DeVito bandwagon, and we have Tommy Cutlet's sanity to continue on. Do I know if they could do it? You know what? Give me the Giants. Give me my favorite team, plus six. I think that's a steep enough spread where they could cover that. And um, I think uh, the Giants are playing a much improved on defense. I think they could pressure Derek Carr, who's had a tough first year in New Orleans. And... um, I think they could create inaccurate passes for him and um, struggle and give the uh, give the Saints a run at it. So give me the New York Giants winning and having a huge momentum going, having a lot of momentum going into a big Christmas Day Eagles game. Tommy DeVito, keep the train rolling. I trust that you will get this victory or at least help get this victory. Atlanta playing Carolina, where Atlanta's just opening at minus three on the road against Carolina. Give me Atlanta 
covering the three-point spread with Carolina just playing horrendous. And I think um, it'll be a close game. It'll be almost a stupid close game. Maybe do an alternate spread with Atlanta's opening at like minus three, minus one or two. But because um, they always like to keep it close this season for some reason. But um, I mean, Atlanta with the victory. Chicago playing the Cleveland Browns, right? Cleveland and Chicago opening at Cleveland at minus three against the Chicago Bears with some momentum. I think they could continue that role where Cleveland could get this victory and Joe Flacco will get another win under his belt against an improving um, Chicago Bears team. And um, they have playing nothing they're playing with nothing but house money they're likely getting the first pick and they're just going to improve on this all on this entire team but i do think um cleveland can get this victory here so kansas city is going to play the chiefs after turning a heel in front of the nation after an embarrassing loss i think is enough is enough this team is good enough to not lose to not have three straight losses so give me the points at minus seven and a half. Maybe change that to minus six and a half on an alternate spread. And I think the Kansas City defense can give a hard time for what I assume will be Ellie Zappi starting this game. I think they can get the big victory there. That'll be the one o'clock window. Then we go to the four o'clock window with San Francisco and Arizona. San Francisco minus 12 and a half point favorites. Now Arizona gave them a tough get game last time. And I expect the same thing there. So give me San Francisco with the money line. And but um, I don't think it would be too crazy if you want to do Arizona plus to 12 and a half Washington and Los Los Angeles, the Los, the Washington, the Washington Commanders playing against the Los Angeles Rams. And um, I think the Rams can cover this spread with a team that is just going through the motions at this point. Give me. The uh, minus six and a half points for Los Angeles. Dallas at Buffalo, which is another big game. And if there's any hope for the Bills to continue to sneak into the playoffs after a tough season, they'll play this game tough. Um, where Buffalo is opening at minus two and a half. Very interesting at home. Um, I'm not sure of the weather conditions. Why don't we look at it now? Because it's definitely a factor in Buffalo. It seems like it'll be a clear day, just really cold at, my, at uh, 36 degrees. Well, give me Dallas on this one. I think Dallas can be the underdog, so it would be a nice point spread for you. And I think they could get this victory and continue to put the big question if Dallas is legit. And I think a win over Buffalo would definitely seal that big game there, game of the week, I would say. And on Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, still a little beat up, and Baltimore's opening at minus three on the road. I would say give me the Baltimore Ravens on this one. Give me the spread there. I think they could continue their momentum while Jacksonville's still trying to figure out their messiness with the injuries they're dealing with. And then on Monday night, December 18th, we have the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Seattle Seahawks where Philly's opening at minus four. Give me give me Philly. I think even on the road, going east coast to west coast, I think the Philadelphia Eagles can cover that spread at minus four and um, put a nail in the coffin for the Seattle Seahawks this season. So that'll wrap up our NFL Productive Conversation today. I just want to thank 
I just want to remind also before I do my thank you, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on our podcast and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations. Uh, sorry, we're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at Prokavo Pod, we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations, and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So as I said, we're back next week. Only one show, another NFL show. As again, a lot of things have been crazy with um, people's personal lives. Um, having some updates in the holiday season, but we'll still continue with great content as promised. So we're back next week with another NFL show where we review week 15 and look ahead to week 16. At this moment, we plan to release it on Wednesday and record on Tuesday. Obviously, if something changes, we will let you know. And then I assume right after that, it is Christmas week. Christmas falls on the weekend. For the show, it will get back to normal where, um, again, we'll have another NFL show Christmas week. And then we um, plan to we'll go from there. And then we will do our 300th episode. And then... Get it's ready to 2024. And then once January 2024 happens, we will have the return of the tweet cap and then um, more sports coverage and continue to grow this brand and make some more content. But good stuff ahead. I just want to thank Alex DeJesus, a.k.a. Doloren, for what he does behind the scenes. I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for always supporting us no matter what and being the greatest fan base a podcast can have. And, you know, for our for our friend and co-host who's had quite the week, we're all thinking of you. I'm thinking of you. The fans are thinking of you. The listeners are thinking of you. And we're here for you. And we know everything's going to be all right. So we'll see you next week. See you on Wednesday. Of course, check out our social media. Pro- just check out our social media profiles for any updates. And then, yeah. We will end the year off strong despite some per- some obstacles we've all dealt with. I promise you that. My name is Matt Brown. I'm the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend. And be safe out there. Bye. All she needed was some.